You are tuned in to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria, the founder of Global Gospel Worship Radio. Marina interviews local pastors and global leaders, sharing their testimonies and the work they're doing for the Lord. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus reminds us, Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We hope this program will encourage you to do just that. Now here's your host, Marina Maria. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Pastor Ashley Gronholm from Alice, Georgia. Thank you for listening to part two of Pastor Ashley's testimony about being set free from the cult religion of Mormonism. Pastor Ashley is a revivalist, prophetic worship leader, fierce lover of Jesus, author, founder of the Magdala School of Apostolic Ministry, and creator of Be Free TV. She is married to Greg Ronholm and a mother of three beautiful children. By the grace of Jesus Christ, Ashley is a survivor of abuse and deception from the cult religion of Mormonism. Her mission is that of Isaiah 61, to set the captives free through mentoring, personal ministry, and inner healing. Ashley is passionate about renewing our minds in the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and carries an anointing to usher believers into an encounter with the love and grace of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, so they may embrace true freedom through Jesus Christ and be free. Thank you, Pastor Ashley, for returning to Faith City Outreach to share your testimony of being set free from the cult religion of Mormonism. I just wanted to ask you if the cult religion of Mormonism tried to pull you in again after your healing and deliverance. Right. Well, yes, uh, through relationships, through people in your life, you know, family, friends, um, the Mormon church will continue to send people from the, from their church to your front door until you contact them and say, put me on the no contact list. Don't contact me anymore. Don't come here anymore. So they will pressure you. They will, you know, really kind of try to shame you into returning, put fear on you. You know, um, you, if you leave the Mormon church, they tell you that you will become a son of perdition and that you'll be in outer darkness forevermore floating through the galaxies. <laughs> it's basically how they talk about it, but they don't really reference hellfire, you know, hell. They just say there's darkness. You're separated from God and you'll be in a cold, dark place for all eternity alone and afraid. And so they, they do put that on you. They do try to lure you back in. Um, there's also a lot of spiritual manipulation going on because the, the challenging thing about cult religions is it's a mixture. So God's always going to honor his word. There would be moments where I would truly think and feel that I was connecting with God when I was in the Mormon church. And for me, I would, I would credit that to God's going to honor his word. So if someone's actually reading out of a Bible in that moment and you felt like a truth of that word coming forth, that's because that's the Bible. But also if you are, um, 
uh, just having a moment of emotion or you're feeling, you know, we talked about identity earlier, your identity in God could be even stirring in you. Um, and who God is calling you to be can be stirring in you wherever you are. So there's confusion in the journey of getting out of Mormonism. Well, but I felt the presence of God when I was in this meeting and I was sitting in a Mormon church. Well, you can feel the presence of God. See, they're very location oriented. You can feel the presence of God anywhere. Um, the Holy Spirit is any, everywhere. He's in you. He's not confined to a building, which they actually mm -hmm. preach that he is confined to a building. That he's confined to a temple and to a Mormon church. So then you get confused thinking, but well, you know, I, I felt the presence of God or I had the Holy Spirit. I felt the Holy Ghost. They talk about the Holy Ghost. But they don't believe the Holy Ghost is a member of the Trinity. They just think he's the comforter and he's there to reveal truth. And that is biblical, but not fully God. So there's the mixture. So it, it, it can be difficult. You can feel spiritually manipulated by those experiences. That is the hardest part. And it wasn't until I, I had a moment. It was a very significant moment after my deliverance. And the story that I told you about encountering God, I was actually led of the Lord to purchase a specific Bible and it was in a grocery store. I didn't really want to buy it. I mean, it, I had a Bible. I was already going to a Christian church. I didn't really think I needed to buy another Bible, but I kept feeling the Holy Spirit tell me to buy that Bible. That Bible ended up being a King James year 1611 translation, which was published in 1988. And up until 1988, Thomas Nelson house publishing house was very good about maintaining those cross-reference verses. Now, that is to this day my most favorite Bible. Mm -hmm. I read through probably 10 Bibles before I finally picked that one up. I cried out to God in exasperation. I still have questions. There are still things I'm not understanding. Even after seminary, even after the Bible classes, even after the small groups and the Bible studies, I had questions burning in my heart. And they were really about identity and about the prophetic ministry. Because I was prophetic and I didn't understand what to do with that. I had questions and I certainly didn't want to be manipulated or, or, um, you know, spiritually abused by anyone. So I was very leery of that. So I really, really relied on the Lord and the word of God. Well, it turned out I was sitting there in my, in my chair and there was a, a, a basket next to me with books and Bibles in it. And I heard, look in that basket, that Bible, I had you buy it in the grocery store. It's right there. So I reached in and I was shocked. There it was. And I was in the middle of a move. So this was kind of supernatural. It was, it was a miracle that that Bible had made it right to, right to my side. It was sitting there and I began reading it. This was in 2018. So it took a while for me to accept and really receive the prophetic ministry. Even though I'd been set free, I didn't understand that that God had uh, a very unique call on my life to be able to hear his voice very, very clearly. And that is prophetic ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I began to renew my mind in that Bible and it answered a lot of my questions. Then I felt safe that I could begin to accept and, and receive Ephesians 4 about the apostolic ministry that Jesus has established an apostolic ministry. He's called some prophets, some pastors, some apostles, some teachers and evangelists for the equipping of the church, for the edification of the church. 
Now, Mormons believe in prophets, but they believe in one prophet at a time. I want to tell any Mormon who's listening, there are so many prophets on this planet, and it is not just one. And you do not have to submit your entire life to one voice. You submit only to Jesus's voice, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and to the prophets who are subject to the other prophets who hear the voice of God. And every word you hear has to line up with the word of God, which is the Holy Bible, and be confirmed and witnessed and confirmed by the Holy Spirit and the word of God. So if someone prays for you and they receive a prophetic word and they share it with you that God says this about your life, you can check it with the word of God and you can check it with the Lord. You can see if Holy Spirit's confirming it to you based on your relationship with God. So Mormons are, are very open to healing, miracles, and prophetic ministry because they've been taught it's real, but they don't have much of it happening because they have a mixture of divination. They have lying spirits. They have witchcraft. They have false heresies infiltrating the true, pure gospel of Jesus Christ. So even though they have a mindset for those things, they're not operating in it. So when I got out of Mormonism, I was immediately activated in the prophetic and in the and in miracle signs and wonders because Holy Spirit did it. But I had zero resistance to it, which is good. But it's dangerous for Mormons if they leave the church and they don't have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. They can go right into heresy and witchcraft, New Age, Wicca, demonic things, because they don't know that they're open to anything. They need to submit their lives to Jesus, receive the sealing power of the Holy Spirit, and then be activated in the prophetic. It's so much easier to lead a Mormon into that gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, than a person who's been denominationally trained and, and indoctrinated against healing, against miracles, against prophecy. That is a harder animal to tackle, in my opinion. Well, they're both hard, but Mormons, once they get the revelation, they encounter Jesus, they put their faith in him, and they have a revelation of Jesus's love and his grace, which is very important because they're very works-based. If they can have that experience and the Lord knows when and how, then they're going to be very able to receive so many great, wonderful things, miraculous, beautiful things of God. I just, I want to share a verse that, that God put on my heart. And I think it fits right here in Galatians 1, 16. It reads, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even when we believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Mormons need that message. They need to know their works cannot save them. Mm -hmm. Only Jesus saves. Only Jesus. The works are important. Faith that without works is dead. And James, yes, if you don't have the work of the Holy Spirit in you to believe God by faith, your faith is dead. But those works are never going to save you. Those religious good works, they will be an overflow of your faith and your relationship exactly. with God. Praise God. But if you're mm -hmm. running around with, with heresy and dark, deceiving mystical, you know, just witchcraft teachings in your mind and you're serving people and bringing them casserole dinners every night, it's not going to get you into heaven. 
-hmm. You know, Mormons are big on service. They're very servant hearted and they see it as a virtue and as something that is, is a part of their salvation. It doesn't get you saved. It doesn't matter how many hours you serve in that Mormon church. It will not get you saved. It's the same problem that any other works-based religion has. Mm -hmm. It's faith. Faith in Jesus is what saves you. And the Holy Spirit's sealing power, which will happen when you truly place your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastor Ashley, what are the major signs of spiritual abuse and deception so people can know the warning signs? Okay, well, the Word of God says that witchcraft, manipulation is as witchcraft. So control, manipulation, spiritual manipulation, that's a form of witchcraft. That's a form of controlling someone's mind. And we see that happening in relationships a lot in cult religions because people are operating out of that spirit of control, that spirit of manipulation, deception. Um, If you're told... If you're told that you have to believe this way, this certain way, but we can't answer your questions, why? That's a red flag. Mm. That's one of the things they do in Mormonism. You know, well, you just have to believe that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God. And then, um, you know, then you take everything else on faith. So they don't show you in the Bible? They show you in the Book of Mormon that they say is a companion to the Bible and they tell you to place your faith in the Book of Mormon, but the Book of Mormon is heresy. It's a plagiarism of the Bible. So it looks like it's the Word of God, but it's actually not the Word of God. And that leads me to one other story to share. When I bought that Bible, Holy Spirit told me to buy it. I had a moment of choice. It sat on my desk for several months. One morning, I remember saying, Lord, I can't take it anymore. I just need to know if I could just rely on the Bible or not, because I had been indoctrinated to believe the Bible had error and that I couldn't rely on it. So I needed to hear from God again. Tell me again that I can rely on this word. This was before I went to seminary, before I was really renewing my mind in the word of God. Well, I had an experience where I opened the King James Mormon quad, they call it scripture. And I opened this Bible that I had on my table, on my desk, that I got at the grocery store to the same part, the same place in Genesis. And I was reading the words, tracing with my finger, looking for some kind of error or difference. And the words were exactly the same. And I thought, well, that's strange. I mean, they are the same. You know, do you see how people can be manipulated? Mm. Well, then because Holy Spirit was in me, He brought to my remembrance. Holy Spirit will bring to you remembrance things that you need in the moment you need them. He reminded me that there was a story in the Book of Mormon about Joseph of Egypt and that Joseph, this is what Mormons believe, Joseph of Egypt prophesied that Joseph Smith would be a Latter-day prophet. And I was hearing this like, oh, yeah, remember that? And then Holy Spirit said, see if you can find that in this new Bible you bought. And see, see if you can find proof in, in your Mormon Bible. Do they connect? They didn't connect. I read every cross-reference out of my Mormon Bible. It was a dead end. It would lead to, and Joseph Smith is a prophet. And Joseph Smith is a prophet. It never had any other cross-reference verses in the Bible to back it up. And as I read in my 
real Bible, the one that I bought at a grocery store, <laughs> not produced by the Mormon church, there were all kinds of cross-references about who Joseph of Egypt was and nothing about Joseph Smith, the prophet, the Latter-day prophet. And I remember just sitting back in my chair and going, huh, well, that's weird. You know, I'm still getting delivered of some of those teachings. And then I, I said, well, Lord, what do I do? And I heard the voice of God say to me, you have a choice. You can either believe in Joseph Smith or you can believe in Jesus Christ. And I felt like it was a moment in time that froze. I felt, I, I remember seeing like a, just a, a lot of memories flashing before my mind of my life in Mormonism. And it was pain, 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 pain. And then I thought about the, th the, the, the two years that I had been out of Mormonism and a Christian at that point, that two-year mark. And I saw before me the joy, the peace, the love, the goodness, the mercy, the kindness. And I remember taking a deep breath and exhaling and saying out loud, this is in my quiet bedroom at my own personal desk, I choose Jesus. And I closed that Mormon Bible and I never opened it again. I never read from it again. God honored that confession. I'm choosing Jesus. I don't understand everything that happened to me in Mormonism. I don't have to understand. I'm choosing Jesus. I'm choosing my experience with Jesus right now. And what he's doing in my life right now is better than anything that ever happened to me in the former 38 years of my life. And I was 40 at this time. Do you see? It's that step-by-step it's that -step faith. Just choosing each day, I'm going to get up and I'm going to choose Jesus. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to have all the understanding. That's another challenge. In Mormonism, they feel they have all the answers. Faith is easy in Mormonism. It's like, if I just follow these rules, jump to these hoops, if I be good, if I'm good, if I do what my leaders tell me, I'm going to heaven. I'm in. That is an easy, predictable life. I grieved and missed that after leaving Mormonism because it felt so safe, but it wasn't safe. It was bondage. It was control. Christianity is free. There's freedom, but there's also room for mistakes. There's also room for deception. There's room for you to miss it, but there's grace and there's mercy and there's the love of God. If you put your faith in Jesus, you belong to him and he's a mighty warrior who saves he will, he will defend you. He will come to your aid. Anyone who calls in the name of the G, the name of Jesus shall be saved. He's faithful. There isn't any faithfulness in Mormonism. There's condemnation. There's fear. There's, you're going to get called into the bishop. Oh no, you made a mistake. Okay. They're calling you in. You're going to now be put to public shame. That's another sign of a cult. You're publicly shamed. How do they publicly shame you? Well, they basically, they basically will um, tell you, you can't take the sacrament during the church service if you've made a mistake because you're repenting and you're going through this process of repenting, but everyone's going to watch you pass that sacrament tray, the elements, the, the bread and the water that they would take in remembrance of Jesus. Everyone's going to watch you pass that train. Everyone's going to know you did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Or they take your temple recommend card away. 
You can't go to the temple anymore. You've sinned. And everyone knows. And it's shame. So shaming, condemnation, spiritual manipulation, control. All right, here's another example. In the Mormon church, you don't get to have the opportunity to pursue a ministry. You're given an assignment. The leadership says, Ashley, you're going to, we're calling you, we're giving you a calling. You're going to serve in this capacity and you're going to, to do this whether you like it or not, because we believe you'll be good at it. Well, that's not spirit led. We have, we have gifts God's given us. We have desires with dreams. We have talents and things that we can do. And we should have the freedom to pursue those and not be told what we can or can't do for the Lord. Another example of control in Mormonism, you can only attend a church building that your region, that your home is located in, is assigned to. So is let's just look at an extreme example. Let's say there's a man and a woman who have an affair with each other and the spouses of those two families no longer want to go to church with those people. They want to go to a new church. You can't. You can't leave. You have to stay in that congregation. I mean, just the 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 trauma that people have gone through. So if you like traveled, if you went out of town for one weekend and you're a Mormon, you can't attend that service either? You can attend a service if you're traveling in another location, but you cannot permanently say, I want to now attend 15 minutes away or 30 minutes away to this other congregation. You would literally have to sell your home and move or your kids out of schools. They just, and you know, they probably put that hard roll down because if they didn't, people would be moving all the time because Mm -hmm. there's just so much drama. There's so much witchcraft. There's so much pain. Um, I've never seen so many petty women in my entire life. Um, People cruel. I mean, gossip, slander, malice, all of that is running rampant. But, but that image of, but I'm a good Mormon, I go to the temple and I, and they also have like a pecking order, your, your calling, whatever your calling is, people evaluate that about you. Well, if you're the president of the women's group, if you're the, if you're the bishop of that congregation, or are you a leader or are you just a little, you know, small assignment for the Lord, meaning you're not very spiritual, so they do, they would evaluate you, judge you. There's a lot of competition mm-hmm. and it's just a cutthroat, cutthroat community. It's tough. <laughs> and it must feel like you're stuck, like spiritually speaking. I know you said the witchcraft, the the control and the manipulation, but just like not only emotionally and spiritually, you probably feel confused and like miserable. How can you yes. feel like, how do you feel like there's life in you? You don't. You're drained. You're tired. You're right. exhausted. And you get up every day and you do it again and again. Not to mention you probably have four or five kids. Wow. And, you know, you, your moms don't work mostly. So you're probably penny pitching. You're really, you know, you're cooking. You can't go out to eat on Sunday. You're cooking. You're cleaning. You, you're just, it's a tough life. It's, it's a hard life, but, um, it's, it's been going on for generations. You know, it's the way of life. Um, you can't miss your meetings. If you don't miss your Wednesday, if you miss your Wednesday night meeting or your Sunday meetings, two, three weeks in a row, they're coming to your door. They want to know why you weren't at church. So 
there's just no freedom. Um, and, you know, I don't know how it is post pandemic now, if they've changed a few things of what they're doing. I've heard that they have cut back their meetings to only one hour on a Sunday. It used to be three hours. Um, and it was very regimented and, and they'll teach the women different things than they'll teach the men. That's another indicator of a cult. If, if some of the people are learning one thing and the others are being held back and not told everything, that's, that's manipulation. Um, it's very challenging. And, and the temple itself is based and rooted in Masonic rituals because Joseph Smith was a Mason. Um, secret societies, you know, handshakes. You need a handshake and certain words to get into heaven in the Mormon religion. If you can't, if you don't know those handshakes and you can't say those words, you don't get in. And you don't get that information unless you go to a temple. You don't go to a temple unless you're married. So you're controlled. For women, you're very controlled. Men have more freedom than women have, but it's kind of like the good old boys club. Mm -hmm. And I'm not bitter. This is just what it is. You know, it's just it informational and you being immersed in it. And also you grew up in it. You have a lot to say. You've experienced so much. Yes. I experienced it to the nth degree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and I, I know it upset a lot of people when I left the Mormon church, I had a music career. I had a following. I had things going on. You know, I had a famous family in the Mormon church. They were all professional singers and they were famous in the Mormon church. So um, there was a lot of, you know, pressure to stay, but I really just got burnt out to the point that it was literally killing me. I couldn't stay. Right. I might right. not be alive today if I'd stayed. Well, the Lord set you free, Pastor Ashley, and I thank him for that. I just want to ask you one more time. I know you mentioned this in our previous um, radio interview. For those who didn't hear that part, how can an individual get out of this spiritual abuse and deception like right away? They're in desperation right now. And also, if there are services out there, what can you share? Can you, I'll give you two minutes for this. Okay. And encourage the book, of course. Yes, amen. Um, you have to get a network, a support network around you. You have to remove yourself in completely from that Mormon community. If you really are serious about getting out, you're going to have to cut ties, even if it's just temporarily with family members, with friends, because they will just try to drag you back in. So that's number one. And part of that, part one and part two of that, get into a good Christian church, immediately surround yourself with truth, start renewing your mind in the word of God. And number three is go to a church where the Holy Spirit is alive and well and moving, where you can have people who will pray for you, cast demons out of you, do deliverance ministry with you, because you need to be delivered. You've been brainwashed, you've been manipulated spiritually, and there are demonic, it's the spirit of the Antichrist operating in the Mormon church. That's that's lots of demons. So you have to get delivered. And that is possible through a spirit-filled church that understands the power of the Holy Spirit. There are many churches that do not have that moving in their church. I don't want to be and loving towards other denominations. So if you go to my website, BeFreeInChristMinistry.org, you'll be able to connect with us and our ministry, and we can send you more information about what kind of church to find. Just click the Life After Mormonism link, message me, and we'll get back to you. 
I also have a book called Do You Know Me? A Revelation of Relationship. This book will instruct you with Bible verses that will help you understand what it means to know Jesus, who Jesus is, how to know him, and what you want to do next to stay in a strong relationship with him. And thirdly, lastly, the uh, Salvation Encounter Manuals. Those are extremely helpful. Extremely helpful. Um, my ministry is uniquely equipped to help anyone leaving Mormonism. I don't know of many ministries out there that do what I do. So I would say contact me. And um, Christian churches generally know that Mormonism is a cult. That might be hard to hear, but it is a cult. And, and they will want to help you, but they don't always know exactly how. And sometimes Mormons get offended when they go to a Christian church because they feel judged. And the Christian community doesn't always fully understand what Mormons have been indoctrinated to believe. So I really strongly encourage you to just contact my ministry, BeFreeInChristMinistry.org. What encouraging words of hope and healing can you provide from those who are recovering from being spiritually abused, Pastor Ashley? And just speak from your heart and from what the Holy Spirit is sharing you, sharing with you to share with the listeners. Yes, amen. The verse Jeremiah 29, 11 is coming to mind. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I read that in a, in a cracker barrel. It was on a plaque on a wall. I'd never seen that verse before. When I was leaving Mormonism, I read that verse. And I remember the presence of God all over me and thinking, is that possible? Does God really want to help me right now? Because when I was leaving Mormonism, I was afraid. I was afraid that God was disappointed in me. I was afraid that he would stop loving me. But God kept showing up over and over again saying, you are mine. I've loved you from before the beginning of, of time. You are mine. And I have good plans for you and they're good. I'm going to help you. Jesus is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And our God is a faithful God. And he's mighty to save. He's rejoicing over you with singing. Zephaniah 3.17. He loves you. He sings over you. He's going to visit you in your dreams. Have faith. Don't be afraid. Don't hold on to fear. Choose love. Choose to believe that God is love. That he loves you. He loves you so much. He sent his son to die for you. But more than that, to forgive you when you didn't deserve it, when you didn't earn God's love, he still meets you where you're at and he helps you. Read Luke 7, 47 of the woman falling at the feet of Jesus, washing his feet with her hair and her tears and crying and weeping. She was a sinner. She was probably a prostitute, but she had seen Jesus and she believed in him. Many Mormons, they all profess to believe in Jesus. So if you believe in Jesus, believe that he will love you and forgive you like he forgave that woman in sin. Because she was saying, this is Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. And he said, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. That's what he said to her. In, in Luke 7, verse 50, woman, your faith has saved you. So trust in that. Rely on that. Faith in Jesus will set you free. And as you realize who Jesus really is, your life will be abundant. 
He came to give us life in abundance, the abundant life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no way to the Father but through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have full access to his throne of grace because of what Jesus did. And we can boldly run to that throne of grace in our time of need. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. John 14, 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus came to me. He can come to you. Just cry out. Just say, Lord Jesus, I, I, want, I want to receive you into my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Help me. Help me, Jesus. He will come and he will heal you and he will set you free. Amen. Thank you for listening to Global Gospel Worship Radio with Marina Maria, where all the nations praise the Lord with Christian international music and radio programs. For more information about our radio ministry, please go to globalgospelworshipradio.org. Now we'd like to bless you with this scripture from Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thanks for listening.